Welcome to the Marshall Pruitt Podcast and our Catching Up series, presented to you by Cooper Tires and the Justice Brothers. I believe, I believe, based on timing of when this is going up, this should be episode 499 or so. And if that's the case, how cool. We're coming up on our third anniversary, so this either tells us I am somewhat obsessive about podcasting, or I just have some really awesome people that help me do this. Like this episode of Catching Up With, we have our pal Randy Lanier, 1984 IMSA GTP champion. Randy also a standout in IndyCar for the brief period he competed there. Randy also well-known as probably the poster child for IMSA's narco entrant, narco racer, 1980s, spent many, many years in prison. I'm thankful that he got out here uh, three, four years ago, and he was actually the subject of, I believe, what was the first real major special feature I did on the podcast, that being in December of 2016. Uh, it was one of the early My Racing Life and Career episodes, so you might check that out as well, uh, and hopefully I'll make this easy for you to do here with a link in this show's episode. Uh, just catching up with Randy. Knew that he was coming to Daytona for the Rolex 24 at Daytona in January. Actually just shot him a text and said, Hey, you're going to turn up? And he said, Yeah, I think I am on race day. And so got together actually during the race for about 20 minutes. He and his good friend, uh, Keith Layton, who I also need to spend a lot of time capturing podcasts with, talk about someone who's led an amazing life and career as well. Uh, Randy was there with a fine credential uh, courtesy of Chip Ganassi, someone who he raced with back in the day and who has been incredibly helpful as Randy has tried to get his life back in order. And so, honestly, it's just a bit of a catch-up. Uh, this is, although we have spoken a few times and texted and whatnot since uh, we did our last podcast, this is the first real sit-down. Uh, saw him briefly last year, a uh, year, a couple months ago at Daytona, but just a nice little 20-minute catch-up, what he's doing, what he's up to in life, getting some of his thoughts on the current cars, uh, some interesting thoughts about downforce and how that came in to IMSA competition during his career, uh, fitness and training, uh, thoughts on legalizing marijuana, uh, and, you know, anyways, it's about 20 minutes. He's a blast. I hope you enjoy it, and if you get a chance once you're done here, uh, click the link and take a listen to the long-form episode we did back in 2016 where he spills all of the tea. All right, let's get going with our man, Randy Lanier, courtesy of Cooper Tires and the Justice Brothers. <laughs> Mr. You. Lanier, we're here at the what we call today the Rolex 24 at Daytona. Would have been the Sunbank 24, would have been a few different things in the past. So glad to see you. Thank because you. at least for some of us who have a little bit of salt in our beard or, or maybe hair retreating a little bit, your name being associated with this race during some really special years in IMSA, just a big part of the celebration. What's it like for you just coming back now as a fan of the sport? Are you able to soak it in and enjoy it? The competitive juices get flowing? What's it like for you? Well... It's great to be here and um, great memories when I come back and seeing some of the special people that greet me with great receptions and uh, just get bumped sometimes when people give me uh, great receptions. Uh, as you know, away from the track for a long time, 
few decades. So great memories, uh, good times, and some good finishes here. I know that I get folks every now and then who either heard your Dinner with Racers podcast or the one that we did and say, hey, how is he doing, right? I mean, great old stories, etc. but how is life for you? What are you doing? And so I guess I wish I had something more intelligent to ask than that, but <laughs> how are you doing? What are you doing? What's life like for Andy Lanier today? Yeah, life is just wonderful, exceptionally, doing exceptionally well, uh, loving every moment of my life. Uh, I teach a meditation class uh, five days a week, a Tai Chi class uh, at sunrise on the beach. So I couldn't ask for anything better. I've really been blessed. How about from a driving standpoint? I know you've you've kept me abreast from time to time of things you're doing. Try and keep up with your Instagram account as well. Yeah. What's, I know that steering wheel is never that far away from your hand. No, I'm really blessed in that area. Um, when I get booked, I do uh, instruction, high-performance driving instruction for uh, Corvette School, um, performance driving group, PDG. And we do Homestead, uh, Miami, uh, Daytona, and Sebring. So... Um, Really blessed that I get to get in the car and, and do some laps and uh, instruct. So I've gotten quite good in that drive with my left hand. <laughs> so since we last sat down and recorded something, Preston Hen, we lost Preston Hen. I know that he was not only someone a part of your life, you know, back uh, back in the day, but also when you were just getting reintroduced to this world as well. Give us some thoughts about. Not only his his passing, but what he meant to you, what he did for you. Um, well, Preston and I go way back. Uh, as you know, we we was competitors and were teammates. Uh, drove in Le Mans yeah, with his Ferrari team. Drove here in Daytona uh, in the Ferrari, um, and and drove several of his nine thirty fives here, and with his daughter, and with uh, with him. So we go way back, and um, when I gained my freedom. Um, he looked out and uh, gave me a job when I first got out, and um, just uh, great memories. Uh, he looked out and uh, was really, never gave me a cold shoulder, mm. and was a friend the whole time. You mentioned 935. Anytime I hear those numbers, I just want to ask as many questions as possible. Having just seen the tail end of that era, and then what took off with GTP, but just little bit of slice of seeing it in person what was it like going around this place I mean I realize that there are many iterations of the 935 obviously but is there a particular 935 that comes to mind you drove around here at Daytona any any tales of what that experience was like it just seems yeah insane. one of my first experiences was with the Whittingtons and their 935s and um, just a beast of a car um I like to say it's they're real raw. So when you drive those cars, it's really raw. And um, as today has come about with the technology, um, a little different type of driving back then when you didn't have the assistance that you do now with the chassis and the anti-lock brakes and so forth. So you look at the 935s, as we get towards the end of that era, the, the Moby Dicks and the, the Kramer versions and a variety of versions, they're getting longer, obviously becoming more of a aerodynamic machine. What was it like driving them, I would imagine, here as well, 
prior to them being something that had a lot of downforce to help make the car work as well. I know most of them had giant rear wings, but nonetheless, it still looked like a mechanical beast that might have bucked quite a bit with 800-plus horsepower, turbo lag, it'll snap your neck. Crazy. Yeah, the turbo lag, something that you kind of had to get used to, and um, it was a thrill driving those cars. Absolutely blast. You raw car driving it, as I say, and um, as the... As I progressed into the more downforce and I got the march, it was a bit, kind of a big, big change. What was that exploration like for you, Randy? Because that's something that's interesting to hear from open-wheel drivers. You know, a kid's a rocket in a Formula Ford. They might get into a Formula Ford 2000s, their first slicks and wings type cars. Then they get into something where it has proper downforce and there's always great stories of that moment of faith. You're telling me I should keep my foot down through this corner and it will stick. Uh, physics is going to do that. What was it like doing that? Because this is, you know, again, moving into the, the whether it's 83, 84 March and such, these are proper downforce cars. Yeah, they. Um, my big learning experience came from when I switched over from the GTP into IndyCars, and that was a big change. Um, trying to figure that out, uh, doing a lot of some of the oval races. And and as I was just starting out, I know my, my crew chiefs was always starting out with a little bit of uh, push going into, the, into the, the corners, and that's something that you had to fill out and figure out that they gradually take out the wings and, and free the car up. So a big learning. took me a, took me a minute to, to figure it out. From what I remember of your uh, top-line driving career, Randy, you were a natural talent, someone who could be thrown into anything. Not saying you'd have it mastered in one day, but you seemed to be someone who could adapt to anything, and it just seemed to be a natural flow. Is that accurate? Did you feel that? Thank you for the compliment on that, but um, from my perspective... I don't think so much of as, as talent other than a learned skill. And it's like I'm, I'm currently, I oil paint. Mm. And I hear that too with oil painting, you have a natural talent. But I see it as a learned skill. Same with driving race cars. The more you put to it, the more you study it, the more skills you pick up at it. And that's how I looked at it. It was a learned skill for myself. Your IndyCar career is one that it was a beautiful thing that wasn't as long as it should have been, but there's always, and it might sound like a strange description, but one of those frustrating things where you go, man, well, if you only had three, four, five solid years, imagine where you could have been knowing what you did in such a short amount of time. Do you allow yourself to have any thoughts about that yourself? Like, boy, I think I could have troubled some more people towards the front of the grid. No, I try to live with no regrets, Mm. uh, for real. Um, I'm loving my life. And at the time when I was doing the IndyCars, coming from IMSA, going to the IndyCar circuit, I went to every track knowing that um, I was getting better and better and that um, my sight was on the Indy 500. And... Deep down, I thought I was going to win it uh, someday. 
but I got cut short, and that was kind of one of my dreams, to not only competing but winning. Every driver that goes out wants to win. So, but I have no regrets. I live my life to the fullest, and had great moments every day. And to this day, I'm 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 blessed. I got two little three, two three year old grandkids that I'm just I can't get enough of them. They're just so wonderful and get them every weekend if I can. So I'm blessed. One thing, Randy, I'd love to talk about or explore, and you've told me some of your thoughts about this is for what you went to prison for that was something regarded in the 80s at that time as a high crime oh my goodness just the worst thing in the world funny how times change right and obviously this ties into your release of folks saying okay we don't what whomever decades ago saw as the most punishable thing in the world today as a nation feelings on marijuana are completely different has there been any reception you've felt from people or fans who might have held a negative opinion of you previously that have might have changed or has, have you felt that evolve at all to okay well actually no we should maybe treat him as one of us because as a nation we no longer think in criminal terms like that well for most of us, at least, I hope. Yeah, the whole cycle of it has changed so much, and it has a lot to do with the technology that has been able to map the DNA and find out the certain elements of the, the plant that actually does medically good, such as um, curing seizures and um, really helping with even cancer patients with the appetite and suppression uh, of certain things with the tumors. I see that they're... they're Developing where they can really help uh, kill the tumors with certain CBD yeah. into the plant and stuff. So I think the technology and the scientists and the PhDs and the doctors have really brought forth to society uh, informative information. That's seeing. That's why you're seeing so much legalization with medical use throughout the United States, and it's going to continue to grow. We're in what what they call the green rush right now. We're at the very foundation of the green rush. And people are, are getting educated with it not being a plant that is so harmful to you. Um, and they have so many properties, especially with understanding what the properties are and how it rea- re- reacts to our body with the cannabinoid system. They've just discovered in 1991 that our system, our body has a cannabinoid system and these receptors attached to the THC and the CBD uh, that you take into your body. So they just, it's still discovering a lot about that's within our body and why it's beneficial and it helps so many health issues. So it sounds like, I'm guessing, folks who might know about your past are viewing you or just treating you without any baggage? I mean, that's what you would hope, I would imagine, but is that something you receive? Well, receiving here, I got such a good reception from the people that I've met from racing prior to my racing career, um, being receptive, very good. Um, that's what I wanted to a- ask as well. Me I'm, I'm hoping you've seen some folks or bumped into some yes, friends see, or competitors. Yes, seen some folks, some, some, some former drivers and some team owners that's doing quite well. And they treat me and, and, and give me much respect and um, makes me feel good. 
So we don't have our beloved GTP formula anymore, but we did see two days ago the the Mazda DPIs broke P.J. Jones' 26-year-old lap record in that uh, All-American Racers Eagle Mark III that P.J. Jones set this, again, 26-year-old lap record, got under it by about a quarter of a second. So we know in tracks... Bus stops are a little different today from what it was then. There, you know, obviously the logical differences in tire technologies and such. What we at least are seeing among the prototypes, things are pretty darn serious. GT cars are, are rockets as well. What thoughts come to mind looking at where this new IMSA, the, the brought back to life IMSA, where it's at today from the time you were involved? Do you like what you see? Right now, I do like what I see. I see uh, fast cars, fast drivers. I see a lot of different classes out there that's bringing in Ferraris and Mazdas and Cadillacs, and that, that's impressive. I like that. Um, we would have never thought of a Cadillac prototype <laughs> in the 80s. And I came here last year and watched them um, lead and, and won the race. And what a great thing to see. I mean, the Cadillac's out on front row, pole position, winning the race, just fabulous. And... Uh, I thought I'd come up this year. I think I thought I was going to see him on the front row again, and then I see a Mazda, and that's impressive. And uh, just, just congratulations to all of them teams. Another thing that comes to mind is we were just looking at some drivers giving interviews here uh, in a little break that they had, and each one of these guys and the women as well. If you think of a 40-day work week, Monday through Friday, they probably spend 20 to 25 training. Fitness this, cycling that, lifting weights, swimming, doing simulator time, knowing that you're doing, you're teaching yoga classes and such. Now, I think this might have been something that uh, if this is the standard today, what was the standard, at least for you, in trying to train in an era where you didn't have a lot of these aids to make your life easy in the cockpit. Uh, was this something where you're doing weight training as well? Absolutely, yeah. I was doing a lot of racquetball, a lot of mm-hmm. hand-and-eye coordination with my racquetball. I'd try to play racquetball four or five times a week, running, uh, working out at the gym. So we were training back then uh, quite a lot. Um, so anything you do with hand-and-eye coordination, that's why you see a lot of these kids playing video games with uh, simulated tracks and so forth. That definitely helps. Uh, I like the technology and what they're doing. I think they're bringing it up to the forefront with the technology that's helping them start at a young age and really understand the hand-and-eye coordination that it takes. And But the focus, the concentration, that's one of the key things that it takes to be, especially in this sport, an endurance race concentration and focus last question or two for you randy so with this race we start the clock in 2019 celebrating imsa's 50th anniversary Uh, i've read i got a look at i bought it it hasn't showed up yet i gave mitch bishop a little bit of guff he and mark raffoff wrote this freaking coffee table book i mean break the (laughs) coffee table so big but beautiful Photos are amazing. Every year is covered. Every year, nice. all of your achievements. Uh, there's another book that came out that IMSA commissioned as well that you know covers so many things that make this 50th anniversary special. Give me some thoughts about being a part of that. Oh, I mean, you, your name funny, did a lot of that. Funny that you mentioned that, stuff, that because um, I've just been asked to do a sizzle reel for 
a channel that's coming up to doing something maybe about about IMSA. So um, involved in hopefully um, a, something happening with the History Channel. Um, hasn't it's not set on stone yet, but we'll see how that works out. And um, I'm impressed with what's happening with IMSA. I'm glad to see that it's rising and getting the talent and the cause coming back to really bring it up to the front forefront of sports car racing. You haven't led a boring life, so that's a good thing. There, there should be a lot of sizzle, if not more, in that reel, my friend. <laughs> I got a lot of sizzle, let me tell you, it's, and it's still going on, so it's all good. I guess on that end as well. I mean, your story—it's it, this amazing, amazing story that that comes back full circle. Is that something where you are asked, whether it's TV, documentary, whatever it is? I'm hoping that you're getting folks coming to you saying, "Hey." You have led a fascinating life. Let's talk about it. Let's show it. I don't know if you get those inquiries. Yeah. I don't know if you want to do that. No, I just uh, recently, I'm pretty open about it because the past is the past. I live in the moment now. And so, look, um, just did a, a podcast for the Miami Herald, which is coming out soon. They'll be streaming that. Great. Um, did that 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 podcast was a little bit about legalization and the full circle and my perspective concerning that and it had a lot to do with about racing and um, working on something maybe um, a full feature film that doing got a book deal coming out hopefully uh, in the near future and working on that negotiating that so. Um, Got a lot going on. Uh, just, just blessed. I, this I the love time you're this, supposed to be slowing down. I love this Golden freedom. Years. Come on, <laughs> Look, this is great. I love this freedom stuff. Uh, it's awesome. Thank you, Randy. Uh, you thank know how you. much I appreciate uh, you and the fact that uh, I mean, again, uh, what you achieved as a race car driver is phenomenal. The fact that you endured, survived, and are here getting a hell of a lot out of life. Thank you. And that should be I, something that inspires people. I know that there are some who love to judge. I don't have any time for them. Yeah, I, look, we create, that consciousness creates and manifests what we think about. So our life takes the predominant path of our thoughts. So obviously my thoughts was in racing, but it was also in smuggling weed. And uh, now that I'm out here, uh, my thoughts are on my grandchildren, um, teaching Tai Chi and meditation and driving on the weekends in fast cars. Sounds like every high school kid's dream. I don't know about the teaching yoga part, but uh, that sounds pretty pretty darn good. Well, you got to keep balance. All right. And that helps me keep balance. Randy, thank you, brother. You're quite welcome. And that was our pal Randy Lanier. We're going to keep doing these with Randy as we have time and opportunity. There are many, many stories for Randy to tell, and he is certainly a lot of fun. Uh, once he is he's wound up, uh, not necessarily on the limiter, but uh, really some great stuff there. And also, as I mentioned in the opening, can't wait to start recording with Keith Layton. When we finished up this recording, he shared a tale when he was running the Whittington Brothers, and I believe John Paul Sr. in, in uh, portion 935s, and mentioned how, I forget exactly how it went, but uh, one of the Whittingtons, or one of the, uh, someone was asking John Paul, maybe with his car, uh, knowing that they were just pouring in all kinds of nitro and you name it to get extra horsepower out of their motors and one of the 935s he was associated with apparently was shooting green flames uh, on uh, wind down coming off throttle and uh, was just wondering what how, what how what 
how do you have green flames shooting out of your exhaust? And, uh, yeah, the person revealed that nitro, psh, nitro's for chumps. I'm actually mixing in gunpowder into my fuel to try and get some extra explosive characteristics to make horsepower. So, anyways, Keith is going to be just a gem as well. But hope you enjoyed this. Uh, I have a deep affinity for Randy, knowing that you know, he, he's been through been through a hard life. Definitely didn't make things easy on himself, but I'm also a sucker for a good redemption story, and he definitely fits that theme. Last thing to mention here, uh, it's been up now for about a week, a little over a week, so if you get a chance, head over to marshallpruittpodcast.com and check out the new site. It is our archive for everything, all 498, 99 episodes so far, broken into logical categories, some of the show categories too. Got a cool search function there, so you can type in Randy Lanier and pull up that first episode if you want from that site and all kinds of other stuff. So Marshall Pruitt Podcast is the new home for everything. Also, every episode as it goes up and provides you all manner of options to subscribe. All right. Well, I am Marshall Pruitt, and this is the Marshall Pruitt Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you so much to Cooper Tires and the Justice Brothers for making this possible. 